Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Akron 16, Buffalo nothing, if you must know. That's a big, solid hour number two on a Libations Friday start right there. Zippity-doo-dah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Warchant TV, good to be with you. On Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. I have, I did I take Akron or Buffalo? I can't remember what I did with that game. Uh, you know, this is the time of year, Tom. We bet on every game. Every one of them. You have to. It's your last uh, of the hurrahs here. And uh, I can't I can't bring myself to preview the FSU-Virginia basketball game. So, When is that going down? Tomorrow. Mm. Tomorrow, Tom, we, um, we play tomorrow against Virginia, the number three ranked team in the country. <laughs> they are 6-0 currently. Two o'clock, if you must know, if you want to tune in, it will be there at the famed JPJ in Charlottesville, Virginia. Lovely, blinding beauty of Charlottesville, Virginia. It'll be closer than the experts think. There you go. Televised on ESPN2. Florida State does lead the all-time series 28 up, 26 down. Did you know that? It's always been that close since you and I have been doing this thing together. Within two games, one way or the other. Every one of those games that has been played between FSU and Virginia uh, has taken place since FSU joined the ACC back in 91. So uh, the Knowles are 10-16 and 16 in Charlottesville, 5-6 and six at the John Paul Jones Arena. Opened in 2006. By the way, you recall, February 26th, the Knowles rallied from a nine-point deficit with 2.19 left to steal a 64-63 victory on that last-second off-balance three-pointer. Matthew Cleveland, three-fourth-quarter pass inbounds from Harrison Prieto, the mailman. The weatherman. Whatever the hell he was. That catch and turn and the look of shock and horror on the faces of Virginia Fans everywhere. It was beautiful. There's a video of me sprinting across the CP. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You were running across the CP. Woo! <laughs> I was I was having a beer with a friend watching the end of that game. He got up when he thought we lost to go pee. And while he's in the bathroom, he hears, holy, that counts. <laughs> he opened the, we won? Yes. Yes, we just won. Larry, zip up. Goodness gracious. That it could have waited. shocked look on the faces of Virginia fans was my favorite part. They were like, really? That is a miraculous way to lose a game. We were up. Virginia was up 59-50 to with two minutes to play. They could have tied the all-time series with that 
particular result. But alas, they did not. If you're Virginia with the way that you play, you're up 59-50 with two minutes to play at home. You This, this game is over. The final is going to be 59-53. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the final. But no, sir. No, sir. Uh, I would note that Virginia did end up missing the NCAA tournament last year. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. They went 21-14, and 14, straight up missed it, finished sixth in the ACC. They sucked. That's what they were. And I don't know. They had all kinds of veteran players and everything else. The ding-ding came calling. They lost to St. Bonaventure in the ding-ding. So it just it happens, guys. See, my Noel's attention is is much more fixed on tonight, 6 p.m., College Cup, playing North Carolina for the right to go Again. to the national title game. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Well, when we win that game. That's correct. And play for another national title, I will be nervous. When will the national championship game be uh, it's gotta played? Be Sunday. It's got to be Sunday, right? Yeah. Oh, I'll be nervous, Tommy. Maybe I can watch that instead of the Bucks. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sure you could. If it's on at the same time. Well, no, the Bucks are on Monday night. So you Oh, are we really the Monday night game? Yep. No. Boo. We really got to get to a place, uh, I think, at some point where we are able to manipulate the schedule in advance. Like you, you're a week out and you go, we cannot possibly put the Bucks and the Saints on Monday night football. We're going to move this. We have Buck and Aikman. That's who we have on Monday. Did you watch last night? Did you watch Buffalo dismantle New England? It is hard to watch that New England offense. My goodness gracious. I caught it when Buffalo had a two-score lead. I turned it off when Buffalo extended to a three-score lead. Yeah, time to go to bed. Yeah, It was a nice little window. I said, all right, that's enough. Uh, Much to my wife's chagrin, I put the TV on a timer while we were watching that game so that in case I fell asleep, which I frequently do, especially when a game gets lopsided. uh, You know, I do the thing with the pillow. I put the pillow... Prop it up so that I can sit up at the beginning. All right, I'm in. I'm watching. It's like a movie. I'm in. You got me. I'm locked in. It gets to two and three scores, and it's obvious that New England could play eight quarters and they're not scoring 21 points. Then I pillow comes down off the back wall, and right there we go. And then every time I hear, or you can turn the TV off, it's on a timer. I just want to listen to it while I close my eyes. It'll be off in 15 minutes. That's quite the skill. I can't listen to a conversation when I'm sleeping. Of any kind, be it like you know, radio alarm Meaning clock back in the day. You don't want to, or you can't. No, I can't. I focus too much on what I'm hearing, and so therefore it's just gone. I have to turn it off. Ian wants to know: Does Dillingham make a move on any possible FSU uh, staff members before a bowl game? Uh, I had this discussion with somebody yesterday. I, I, you know, I don't think he could, he could make a move. Um, The only guy I would maybe be worried about is Tony Tokars. Would you let him call plays? If you... Or would Kenny call plays, elevate him to offensive coordinator? Correct. So, Tony's... Tony, do you want to go work for an inferior play caller? Then go ahead. Listen, Dillingham had a lot of success this year out at Oregon. They threw the ball exceptionally well. He gets a lot of credit for that, obviously. Now the head coach at Arizona State... If you're tow cars, you can't be making that much money. And if that guy calls you and you're symbiotic, you're on the same page, you run the same offense, you learned under him some, and he says, I can double your salary, yeah, you might. 
you might uh, do unless it. you're the next in line if Atkins is poached in the next season or two. And, and yeah, Mike says, know, then it's going to be you. Yeah, you're I don't gonna... know what the status of that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, but I'm if answering... I was promised that, I would stick around and say, Kenny, no, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Alex isn't going to be here forever. He probably won't be here for another two years. So I'll take my payday and I'll stick with Mike. Yeah, all I'm saying, he asked the question, I'm answering the question. The one guy that I would think you could lure away of note would be Tony Took. And, and, and by the way, he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, again, we were just talking about how much better Jordan Travis is this year than last? Well, you have a, a a quarterback coach that has to get some credit for that, just like Ron Dugans has to get credit for these receivers. If we're going to rip them when they suck, you got to give them credit when they're good. So Jordan took a big step forward. I enjoyed my conversation preseason with Tony about the things that they were working on and what he thought he could accomplish, and he was really high on Jordan coming into the season, thought the world of what uh, he had done in the offseason. So Tony is – you know, I would say probably I don't want to say star, but he's he's a he's a rising coordinator. He's going to get opportunities. So Dillingham would maybe ask him to come on board because he wouldn't have to worry about teaching him anything because they you know they've worked together. So I, I would I think they'd be all right. What's interesting is Tony Tokar's career has taken financial hits for the greater good of the long term. He's documented that where um, he said no to better opportunities right. in terms of quick money in in. He wants to play the long game. So let's just say that it's leaked out there that he was asked to take the job. And it may not be. It may never be. But let's say it was leaked out there. I would still be interested. I don't think it would be a done deal. I'd be interested to see what Tony thinks. One good thing for us, Tom, is that the head coach here is really good at identifying up-and-coming coaches. And his whole career says that. It's not just Florida State. He's always done a good job of surrounding himself with good coaches and or identifying up-and-coming coaches and, and trying to bring them on board. Now, this this whole offseason is fascinating to me. I mean, I, I don't know how quickly all these things will happen, but I'm interested to see does he make staff changes. You know, it's hard to do after a 9-3 and three season. It's even a weird conversation to have after a 9-3 and three season, but... Your job, if you're trying to win national championships, and that's what he should be trying to do because that's what we would like to see here. He finally let the word championship into the lexicon yesterday in his media availability. I think he said it twice. Yeah. Well, you're trying to win national championships. You don't come here to go 9-3. and three. It's nice when you've been bad to go 9-3. and three. It's nice when you've been sub-500 and can't get to a bowl to sweep your rivals and go 9-3. and three. But that is... That's the okay. That's the indicator that now we're cooking with gas. We have an opportunity now to win and win big the way that everybody expects you do that at Florida State. So uh, to me, that is, you know, that's where you have to do the hard work. You have to self scout and ask really tough questions. And it would be so hard because if you're if you respect a guy as a coach, meaning his acumen for the job, his X's and O's, and you respect who he is as a person to the point where you're co-workers but you're friends. And that's true of a lot of football coaches, man. They run in these small circles, and it's and they, they're all well aware of the sacrifice. Now, listen, they're, they're not volunteers. They're paid handsomely. So I'm not saying feel sorry for them, but they do. They work 18, 20-hour days. It's a long, arduous road, right? So if you're aware of that, and you're not sure the guy that you have is the guy, or if that it's a position, a segment group, or whatever it might be, like, you know. And now I have stability. I have opportunities to maybe put some feelers out there on some other guys. 
That's got to be tough. You know, do you make a move after a successful season? It'll be interesting to see if he does anywhere across the board. I'm not talking about one specific coach. I'm saying, does he make a move anywhere? I just find it awkward that you had two practices this week if you're going to make that move. I don't think it's a clear signal that they're not making changes. I'm just saying that that's kind of weird, that you would bring the band back together for these, I mean, very basic walkthrough-style practices where you're giving more time to the younger players, and that's great. But then after that, you're going to make some changes? I don't know. I guess the calendar is changing, and we just all have to get used to that. The calendar of December is a fundamentally different month than it was five years ago, than it was one year ago. So you got to do what you got to do. I'd ask you this question because it's an interesting one, and I'm fascinated by what happened in that situation. But bigger picture college football. So it was thought for certain that at the midway point when Wisconsin fired their head coach and elevated Jim Leonard, the D.C. that is beloved, absolutely beloved there, and he is a rock star in the coaching industry. He's young, he's bright, his defenses have been dominant. He was a candidate for the NFL, all of this, right? That they had turned the program over to him. The A.D. loved Jim Leonard and they were certain he was going to be the guy. So everybody just assumed that once that coach was fired and Leonard was elevated, they were like, okay, well, that's the end of that. He's the coach of Wisconsin from here on out. He may add some coaches to his you know, his, his staff. Well, then they went and got Luke Fickle. And the reports out of Leonard's camp and the people that cover Wisconsin is that he says he was blindsided, devastated. I mean, Jim Leonard's pissed. Oh, my God. Okay, you, you you want to continue to shop for a defensive coordinator. I hear you. Of that ilk? <laughs> what if you could get him? What if you could get him? I'm t- these are hypotheticals. This isn't mean. What if you could get him? It's wishful thinking as well, too. It's hypothetical with a little bit of wish He's it. available. What if you could get him? Would you do it? I, I need to know the price point. I mean, like, there'd be any number of things to consider relationships on the current roster and the current recruiting world, the transfer portal with your guy that you currently have. I don't know. I just, I feel like right now the, you almost, I know that you got to do these things simultaneously. I get it. December's chaos, but I feel like you got to focus on the portal first signing day second. And then if you're going to make changes, you almost do it after the bowl. Yeah. You want to get all these kids in the fold. If you're going to switch the message or switch the, you better know if you were going to make even a position coach change, that that's going to bring some recruits or transfers to you immediately if you're going to make a move now. Yeah, look, calendar. at the end of the day, I'll just say this. It's probably not a fit here. He's a beloved Wisconsin Badger. He's all these things. A lot of his former players came out and talked. J.J. Watt and all of them, oh, I feel so bad for Jim Leonard. All these guys did. He, he is a really well-thought-of defensive coordinator. Well, it's too late now, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. He can't he, go back to being defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Oh, no, and he's he, – no, he, he'll pee on the door. I mean, I, I would be like, you guys can all go to hell. I'm never coming back here. Yeah, that, that's a toughie. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's available. So everybody wonders, well, goodness, he's got a coach somewhere, and he's really good. What if you could get him? These are the tough decisions that coaches have to make. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Tom. You're not saying. I am just saying. Is he not available? Is that a surprise availability? It is. He needs a place to coach. Florida State's as good a place to coach as any. Maybe Mike would go, no, I've got my guy. He might. He might. That's fine. He has to make that decision. 
I'm asking Tom Lang if Jim Leonard were available. I, I, I don't know. Would you would you hire Jim Leonard? I think I think you're. It, it's a simple question. Yeah, Professor. <laughs> I don't know that you're asking me as much as you're saying. If I was the one making the decision, I would. I'm asking would Tom Lang for, what he would do. That's all. I'm just curious. I'm a curious guy. I'd like to know. I don't know. I think you'd have to force it right now. I think I think it, it's I, a forced position right now. Here, You're not in a position that you have to make a move at that level. Let me let me do it this way. This is and this is a more uh integrity laden way to do it, Tom. Okay. Here you go. You would make the move. No, no. Uh maybe, but that's not where I'm going. Okay. Here. okay that's not where I'm going here. Uh I don't know what I Mike and Adam Ford could be best friends, and he may think he's doing an incredible job, and there's no I, – I don't know. I know. We're just talking about what coaches have to go through when they self-scout and decide what to do with the program, and there are tough decisions that get, get to be made. I do think there might be a couple of changes on the staff, but I don't know how, how that's going to look, right? How's that going to play out? But here's what I would speculate on, and here's kind of what I think the way it would play out because I respect who Mike is. I, I think, unlike Jimbo – if there were changes that were going to be made, let's just say Mike identified somebody else. I don't want to use Adam Fuller here because you, you're assuming that I am. And, and let's just say it could be anybody. Let's just say it was Woodson. Well, Leonard's not coming here to coach linebackers. Let's so just yeah. say it was. <laughs> so let's just say it's somebody else, right? All right. Uh -huh. All right. My guess is the way that this would play out is they would not be released. They would not be fired. They would take another job. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. They would that because you can do that. You can call Kenny Dillingham and say maybe you need. Oh, jeez. I don't know. I, I'm blindsided by this line of questioning because for me the priority is now on the roster. It's not on the coaching staff. You can do both. I know you can. I'm just saying it. May, maybe that's my role right now. Is I've just been so immersed in. All right, you've got outgoing transfer portal things you've got incoming transfer portal developments then you've got going pro and staying in tallahassee then you've got the kids coming out of high school you know that oh by the way monday is when the portal opens but then on the 21st of this month inside of three weeks from now that is the early signing period like all i'm thinking about is where does the roster need to go to where we can have a definitive case a definitive case this time next year on how many coaches need to go because i think next year you can have a real discussion where the facts are clear. Right now, I think it's so murky because of where this group has come from together two years ago in the COVID season. Do you think it's murky at every position group? Most of them, yes. Okay. So you think there are a couple places where it's not Not murky. at the coordinator level. I don't think at the coordinator level. I, I think that this team has overachieved. So it's, it's very hard for me to look at a yeah. coordinator after an overachievement of a season. Uh and say that you know we we need to make a change. That's where that's where I am on the discussion. But I mean, I get that there are swaths of opinions. No, it's a fun discussion. It's it. This is what you're always going to do if you're striving to win championships. This is always what you're going to do, unless you've got a rock star, unless you got a guy that is a no brainer, the best in the business, really really good. You you would do it. I mean, you're missing Fabian for five games this season. Mm -hmm. Your lockdown corner is anything but a lockdown corner. Right. And somehow, when all the stats come out at the end of the year. Well, well I mean, I don't yeah. think it's somehow. I think we know. I mean, you're not going to tell me that Georgia Tech, Miami, and Syracuse are good offenses. I'm going to tell you that every team on the schedule, that every team that's ranked in the top 25 has a sequence where they play three teams like that. 
At least, at least three. I'm going to tell you that Louisville had a pulse on offense and moved the ball with ease against us. I'm going to tell you that Clemson moved the ball and their quarterback had arguably his best game of the year against us. I'm going to tell you that Florida did whatever the hell they Wake wanted. Wake game was pretty good too. Wake went nuts on us, and obviously Florida. I went mean nuts. DJ's Wake game, but well, yeah, I mean yeah. Wake went nuts on us too. So every team that had a pulse that could move the ball on offense did. Wake wanted situations. They didn't have a field day. They wanted situations at an alarming rate. Sadly. <laughs> But if you look at their production the, the, on a per-play basis, the, they some, weren't even... Yeah, yeah. The semantics of this is that you understand that the good offenses I'm saying that us. if you look at it by position group, we don't have game changers at any level. That's that what you're a, saying at the end of the th- year. That is fair. How the hell are we a top 20 defense in any metric if we don't have a game changer at any level? I'm giving you some answers that have something to do with who we played. You're giving but, me a counter that our players aren't good, and that's fine. And that's why I'm saying it's murky. It right is now. nuanced. It, yeah. it, without question, it is. It is. It does. It. It doesn't mean we can't have the discussion, and it doesn't mean that it's well, wrong to have the discussion. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that Adam Fuller deserves two million dollars a year to be a coordinator either. I'm just saying that I would like more information. I don't think enough information has been presented at this time, and that is where, absolutely fair. Yeah. I concede that part of the argument. Also. I've also said this time and again, going all the way back to when we used to get into these huge debates, not you and me, just me and the listeners, when I was actively rooting for people to be let go. I'm well aware that it's not enough to just say, I'd like to replace this coach and that coach. You have to say, with whom? Who are you replacing those coaches with? Is there a guy you know is a better court or whose track record shows that he's better. Every situation, it's true. Even if their track record says they're better, it doesn't always mean they're going to come in and have the same kind of success. I get it. There's risk in all of this. So, you know, back in the day when we would have this debate, I went from just saying get rid of Jeff Bowden to hire Jimbo Fisher. We went into these types of debates. So the only the, the, the Leonard thing He's a really, really good defensive coordinator. And if you could get him, I you would have to ask yourself, if you're Mike, like, do I yeah. do this? Do I do this right now? Now, that's a pipe dream. He's Leonard's not coming here. He's going to go coach in the NFL or he'll be a head coach somewhere soon. I, I get that. But you, you get my larger point here about sure. you have to think about I just, these things. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like that the the pressure is building up in the in the room. To where we've got to make a decision on this. It is we a critical mass. It's going don't. to affect you know because that's what's going to happen in a year. If you are underachieving on defense in a year, hell, the fan base won't let it get to the middle of October. If you're underachieving on defense next year, mm-hmm. and and you say, all right, Coach Norvell, this decision that you make about a coordinator here could determine your future at Florida State. We're not there right. Because this whole staff, We're top not, to bottom, you are right. gets like, all right, look at what we've done. Because you could argue even in certain position groups where we have been lacking. How about the secondary, for example? Well, I'm tired of that conversation. Part of the argument is, wow, Renardo Green turned into a nice player. Well done on the development side. Greedy Vance, by the end of the season, was actually not a bad football player. Beginning of the season, couldn't put him on the field, couldn't trust him. Good job getting the most out of Greedy Vance. I mean, So you can argue about development. Well, then I can say, how come we can still never run zone? Uh, why, why do we still not know how to run zone at all? I mean, we did we did procure an interception out of zone. I'll have you know, it did happen. A stunning season. turn of events is what that Took was. Jake Garcia. <laughs> on the field, but it did happen. Let's get to wagering with my mom. We'll do so in a moment. Jeff Cambridge, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and customer service before you buy your next home contact our friend shannon young with legendary home loans visit fsuhomeloans.com fsuhomeloans.com tells you that and it also tells you it's time for my mom and I to get back after the wagering gotta give mom credit she was once down 12 11 12 something like that and has rallied rallied big to, promised she would to pull it to within six last week I think our lone game different was Cincinnati and Tennessee I took Tennessee they devastated me Letting me down, and Cincinnati got the win. So mom pulls to within six. If you would, cue it up, good sir. And now for another edition of the family pick, Nick. Go to your room! Mama, the meatloaf! Take it away, Jeffrey. <laughs> the little montage there. It's good. It's good. People can read lips, but it's all right. It's all right. Hey, Mama, how are you? I'm doing good, honey. How are you? I'm great. Couldn't be better. You're rallying. I t- I told you I was. I had to. I mean, I listen. I can't just be. I don't know. I I had. I have lost in the woods. Here. I had some pride. I've got to get back to my picking expertise. For heaven's sake. Well, we've got some good ones. I talked to you yesterday afternoon for the listeners to understand, and we both took Buffalo to beat New England. That was not a surprise. No. And they did win 24-10. to 10. So that leaves us at 6 as we enter the weekend. I'll start with a tough one right off the bat, Pittsburgh oh. at Atlanta. That is a tough one. Really tough one. It's a very tough one. I, I just don't know. Both teams suck, yes. Yes, and I don't know about Mark. I think I picked. I took Pittsburgh. I'm not going to prattle on here. I I did. I think that's a flip a coin game, but I think Pittsburgh's defense may be able to keep uh, Mariota under control. Well, you were about to say at the beginning, I don't think Mariota was the beginning of that sentence, and then you stopped yourself because you don't like to be mean. But it's okay. You can say it. He stinks. <laughs> Mariota stinks. <laughs> Well, and I, Pittsburgh, the young guy, I think he'll eventually be good. But anyway, pick it. I, yeah, pick it. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. So anyway, I'm taking Pittsburgh. It is a coin flip game. Atlanta runs the ball well. I'm torn on this game as well, but I'll make it interesting for the purposes of this pool. I'll take Atlanta at home. Now, if Mariota cannot get this win, I will never pick them again. <laughs> 
That is Okay, we heard it here first. That is it. I'll take Atlanta. All right. Green Bay is at Chicago. All right, now this is another question I have. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is playing. I don't know if Justin Fields is playing. Um, I thought I know Aaron Rodgers has a thumb and a pectoral muscle or something, and I don't know if he's playing. I actually think if Jordan Love played, they'd be better. I thought Jordan Love played pretty well uh, last week when they put him in. But then Justin Fields, I thought something was up with him. Yeah, so, Tom, did we get any clarification this week? I just pulled up right now. Uh, Rodgers does plan to play. He got good news on the scans. He's being a wishy-washy. Well, that's what he is. If they wanted to shut me down, that's an interesting idea. Right, he's ridiculous. He's become absurd. But he's going to play. Is Fields going to play, do we know? He's got an AC joint issue. Yeah, I don't think he can play. Even if he did, uh, I don't think he'd be the same player. I know, I and I, who, I don't know who the backup is there. Um, well, I'll take Green Bay, but I tell you right now, I, I think if if uh, Rogers goes in there and does terrible, and they put Jordan Love in, I think they may have a better chance to win. Wow, I, uh, you don't think so? Uh, I mean, if Rogers is even close to healthy, they he's a much better player than Jordan Love. Well, I I know that, but I think he's kind of given up actually, and I think he uses yeah. all these different excuses and and stuff. But anyway, I'll take Green Bay. I will too, but I hope they lose. Jacksonville at at Detroit. Sorry. Yeah, I I'm taking Detroit. I will note that we may have seen the coming out party last week. Those two throws at the end of regulation and the two-point conversion uh, from Trevor Lawrence were really good. He's playing well. I'll take Detroit, but he is playing. uh, He's looking like he might be able to play. Um, All right. The Jets at the Vikings. Great game. Great game. I'm taking Minnesota, but I think that could be a barn burner. I, too, am taking Minnesota, but it's a coin flip game. Washington at the Giants. I'm sticking with my commanders. I am, too. I like Heineke to go on the road and get the win. I do. Tennessee at Philadelphia. Great game. Yes, I know it. And that, oh, my God. I'm taking Philadelphia, but I tell you what, I think it's it's going to be a good one. Director Matthew is a huge Eagles fan. You feel good about this one, Matthew? You feel, yeah, he does. I don't think he, he just didn't even think about that. He just assumed because it's, it's what? <laughs> Denver, at Bal- Denver at Baltimore. Baltimore. Cleveland at Houston. Ugh. I know that's a, I'm taking I took Cleveland. Seattle at the Rams. Seattle. Miami at San Francisco. Yeah. Um that's a good one too. Fun game. Um it's a, it, it is. I I think the 49ers I I think they've got a little little much I think. I I'm taking the 49ers. Me too. Kansas City at Cincinnati. That's another good one, but I you got to go with Kansas City. Hard to bet against them. Uh, Chargers at the Raiders. I know it. I don't know about this game. Um, I have Chargers on my sheet here. Uh, I I I just uh, I don't know. I've taken the Chargers. Indianapolis at Dallas. Dallas. And finally, the Saints at the Bucks. Oh dear Lord. I I'm taking the Bucks, but I'm telling you, we we really have to win this game. I mean, I think that's the, the bottom line. And we're playing at home, and they're all psyching everybody up, and it's a red out. And they, <laughs> de- the defense, the um, Devin White, and I think Levante David took the whole defense out to dinner and 
they've got this whole camaraderie thing going. So I I am praying that they will get. I I don't think the defense. I think the offense should have gone out to dinner and tried to. Get I was going to say, why is the defense doing anything? They've played fine. This offense sucks to high I, heaven. I know. I what I thought. I thought, well, that's very nice of them to do that and try to get themselves <laughs> together. But I think they should have taken the offense out to dinner and said, "Listen, we're going to kick your butt." Yeah, if this <laughs> doesn't go well, score some points. Well, Marshawn Lattimore always shuts down Mike Evans, and this offense is now going to likely be without Tristan Worfs, right? And he is, I don't think he's playing this week. So. I don't think Tristan is playing this week. No, I know, and that's a, that's a, it's a struggle, and we always struggle against the Saints. I know we do. Unless it's the playoffs and we have to win the game that's more important than the regular season contest. Then we go ahead in their house and beat them and tell Drew Brees to go ahead and enjoy retirement. That's, that's, it. that's the only time. I know, and Lord, that was awesome. But I, so this game, I mean, obviously this isn't the playoffs, but I really think this is a real defining thing here for them because if they don't win this, I really don't think they'll they'll go to the playoffs. They will not. You're right. I'm picking the Bucks as well. It's the last hurrah. I don't. I I hope they win seven to six. Oh God! I hope no. I hope they win seventy to six, so that I don't have to have a nervous breakdown of being running from room to room through the whole game. Hang in there, Mama. Love you. I love you too. You guys have a great weekend. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. That's Mama. I don't know. You know. Here's the thing. Like I would take the Saints because defensively, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna move the ball against them. I mean, offensively, we're not gonna move the ball against them. But I don't know if they'll move the ball against us. They're awful at quarterback too. Yeah, it's it's a burden these days to flip on a Bucks game and go. All right, it's the race to seventeen. Who gets there? Kind of saddle in here to try to watch this. It's hard. It is hard. I will. Well, I will. now you're going to hate watch because the the coach has outed himself. He's outed himself. How can you run oh. a defense that is fun and complex and weird enough with different blitz angles and leverages? Yeah. And then when it comes to the basics, the basics of football and where timeouts can be used and the fact that timeouts in fact do stop the clock like that's a thing you will have time preserved if you use a timeout and they don't understand that how's it possible what's more impossible is to then be asked about it and say well the clock was going to run out anyways that's an answer a child gives fourth down my man the what clock's always ta- going to run out what are you what are you talking we all die about yeah. what are you talking about like I, I don't know how somebody in that, I mean, it's not their job to start a fight, but you could be like, wait well, a minute, what are you talking about? And he doubled down on his little radio program this week saying that the players need to make plays. And, and that, you know, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, pointing the finger everywhere else. It's not going to end well for him. I mean, I would have fired him on that show. I would have said, oh, a special guest. One of the Glazers are here. <laughs> Brian Glazer, welcome to the program. Pack it up. Good evening, everybody. Pack I just wanted to let you know that we've got a new head coach. Get the hell off my stage. Well, it is it is a shame because that was a horrific display. And then to say, well, the clock was going to run out anyways. Not if you use the timeout. That's clock, what timeouts do. Clock, clock stops when you use a timeout. What the hell are you talking about? It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Tom, we do need to. <laughs> I don't know how we got carried away and didn't do this. 
Drink heavily because uh, Todd Bowles is our coach? Uh, no, we need to tell people how to get signed up for the bowling tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we failed miserably today, uh, and it is already the second. So I think we should uh, make mention, have we, have we opened up the pathway like it was a year ago? That is correct. The pathway is open, and it is same as last year. Here's how, how to sign up four people. Four people at a time. We're not taking you no know singles. ones and twosies because the match, like, please, just help us. Uh, because a lot of people want to get into this tournament. So the placeholder things, we actually had a group in show last year. So we'd like to make sure that you can make it. The date is Tuesday, the 13th of December. And we appreciate everybody who supports because there'll be a bin outside of District 850 between now and then if you want to drop off toys. Mm-hmm. They'll start on Monday. We'll make sure that that starts on Monday. So thank you all for your support awesome. in advance. 7 o'clock, Tuesday, December 13th, teams of four. Teams of four, and all you got to do is email radio at warchant.com. Radio at warchant.com, and then we will start marking off the list because there are 16 placeholders. We've already got a few that are always grandfathered in and committed. Matt Millar's team, we've got our squad, Warchant's got a team. So these things run out fast. Radio at warchant.com. Radio at warchant.com. You see it on the screen if you're watching right now. It is exciting, and we're hoping that uh, you guys sell this sucker out right away. We always usually do, but if you're going to get on it, get on it now, because if you wait thinking you're going to be good to go come Monday or Tuesday, I can't promise that's true. The event, again, is Tuesday, December the 13th, 7 p.m., District 850, to benefit the kids of the Guardian Ad Litem. We uh, gather toys every year. You guys have been champions in this regard. It's my favorite event, um, and we're able to help out a lot of kids who would otherwise not have a very Merry Christmas at all, at least from a standpoint of being able to open up gifts on Christmas Day. So uh, thank you for that in advance. Teams of four, you email radio at warchant.com, and your team of four, put it in there, and we'll get good to go. It'll be a badass evening. Always is. It's going to be fun. We'll have a real good time. You and I didn't get a chance to because we were discussing the staff at Florida State uh, University football. Uh, we didn't get a chance to kind of go through and do some of what we do each of the days uh, in the off season here so far this week, and that is to kind of just predict or project or speculate maybe a little bit about who's a candidate to maybe want out and who maybe stays. Who do we think is going to stay with any particular segment group in the transfer portal? And, you know, the last two days we've done running back and we've done wide receiver. Today we can look at the quarterback room because you're bringing in a high-profile quarterback. And so now it gets to be a fairly crowded quarterback room. And I think it's a unique discussion because I actually think that Florida State really isn't running the risk of losing any of these guys. Yeah, and they do run practices with as many as as four five different quarterbacks anyway. Geno English has been here, it seems like, forever, and he does a good job running scout team and and rotating in when they do individual drills. But, I mean, it all comes down to if Jordan Travis, we're going to assume for this exercise that Jordan Travis is sticking around. You said that you feel very, very good about that. I feel very confident that that's happening, yeah. It all comes down to Tate. What does Tate want to do? Well, and this is why I I think that there's, there's very little chance they lose anybody here. To me, Duffy's the bigger candidate to lose. I don't think that Tate Rodemaker wants to go anywhere. I think he's very happy here. I think that uh, Tate gets it. He's a kid that enjoys playing football at Florida State. He understands that Jordan Travis is the better player. 
He put himself in a position to succeed, finally got that opportunity again, and came through, uh, passed uh, the test in the second half against Louisville. And uh, he'll always have that moment, and I'm really happy for him because he made some big throws in that moment. And um, I don't think he wants to go start over somewhere else. It's just not the sense that I get about that kid. Um, there are personality types that you can you know, encounter and say, if that guy doesn't get a chance to play right away, he ain't sitting around. He's going to go. You don't get that sense from Tate Rodemaker. And I'm trying to word it carefully because I don't want it to sound like he's just content never playing. But he is content waiting his turn. And I, I do think he is. I think, I think he puts himself in a position to be able to play if need be. But he's not sitting there thinking, if I don't beat Jordan Travis out next year, or he's not sitting around thinking, if Jordan Travis announces he's coming back next week, that's it, that's all. I can't wait around any longer. I'm out of here. I just don't get that sense from him at all. I think it makes the quarterback room better to have Tate as a part of the quarterback room. So I, I, I hope he doesn't go anywhere. And I want to preface this by saying that some kids are players, game day guys, and some kids are practicers. Like, for example, Tate did everything but play well in a football game. And then he finally played well in then a football game. he finally game. played well in a football game. But we all saw it in practice, and everybody says you're nuts or whatever, but it wouldn't behoove us to lie about that. Doesn't make any sense, yeah. Some kids don't practice well and they play well. That was the crux of the Jameis Winston-Jacob Coker quarterback battle years ago, which was well, sometimes Jameis at practice doesn't look anything like he did on the field at mm -hmm, 2013 mm -hmm. or even the better parts of the 14 season. I'd like to see more out of A.J. Duffy in spring. I'd like to see more out of him. And if, if Glenn comes in, and we're assuming that he's not going to flip back anywhere else towards the end. Let's say that Brock Glenn is here. Let's say he's an early enrollee. Mm -hmm. Well, now you're not the young, bright and shining kid. you know. And we've got another one coming in 24. A high-profile quarterback, if he sticks, in the 24 class. So, all right, Duffy. It's about that time. It's, it's your turn to take the job away from Tate. That's what, should, that's what the spring should be about. And I'd like to see proof that it's a real battle for what who gets the reps behind Jordan Travis in the spring. Because I'll tell you, this season it wasn't close. No, it wasn't. Tate close. was the backup quarterback, and it wasn't close. And I don't, I don't know if if AJ could have pushed it more if he had more reps. I don't know, but it, it didn't seem like there was as much urgency. It was about getting acclimated. So I'd like to see that urgency now out of AJ this upcoming off season. Yeah, and let's be fair to AJ Duffy. I mean, because some freshmen come in in college football and find ways to get on the field as quarterbacks, we assume that all freshmen are going to have that kind of skill set when they arrive, especially if they're high-profile kids. He was a four-star quarterback. So, you know, if you're a quarterback that played at IMG Academy, there's a certain gravitas that comes with that, right? And so when he got here, the thought was four-star kid, IMG Academy, he ought to show us something right now. But he's a freshman. Right. He shouldn't show us much of anything. It'd be nice, but it's not normal for a true freshman to come in and wow you the best at that thing, position. Correct. The problem that happened with AJ was his first day in, you know, non shoulder pads. He, he played really well. well. Yeah. He might have been the best guy out there that day. Yes. Which is, you know, that, that sets a, it's a unfortunate to standard. Yeah. Um but the, here's the best thing I can say about AJ, if I'm gonna be that pointed and say, you gotta do more this offseason. When he's on the field, it already looks slow for him. Everything about his body language is confident. Yeah. In a game, on the field. I got no problems with A.J. Duffy, man. He was not better than Tate Rodemaker in practice. Uh, if you look at the bulk of the work, he wasn't. 
So it is a very clear order of operations here. It is Jordan Travis way up here. It is then Tate Rodemaker and then A.J. Duffy. It's okay for you to say, all right, now, you've been here all year. Right. You got a lot of reps in practice. You got an opportunity to get acclimated. Let's see an elevated performance from you when we get into spring football. And do you push Rodemaker for the second string you're a higher profile quarterback, a more well thought of quarterback. Your expectations are higher based on where you were recruited and what you were thought of in that process. Well, and here's the thing: this is how uh, Coach Norvell was like some of the experts you might find at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits when you say, <laughs> "I don't think I'm going to like that particular brand," and you go, mm. "This person, they know their wine or they know their mm. bourbon." Norvell said before there was any proof that Jordan Travis had come leaps and bounds as a passer. He said that on the record. We're going, really? He did. Yeah. You're not really showing up in practice yet. Then he had the day, and then he had the season that he had. He's also said on the record that A.J. Duffy is assimilating more information than any other freshman he's ever dealt with. So that's the good thing. Really good sign. Yeah, he didn't look overwhelmed. Um, no. But Tate was the better guy in practice. That needs to be a competition. Now, I want to feel good about, man, we've got multiple options here if we need to miss Jordan for a half. I agree with you. I agree with you. I just like knowing that we at least uncovered something in the way of information. If you've got to play Tate Rodemaker, it's not the end of the world. He's shown he can play under pressure with something on the line and make a big throw. Multiple big throws. Big throws. And and hang in there to deliver them. Now, again, uh, the other opportunities we saw Tate Rodemaker this year when there wasn't anything on the line, he wasn't very good. <laughs> he didn't really capitalize and piggyback on the performance with another performance that made you go, hey, they got something. No, it made you realize we really need Jordan Travis to stay healthy is what it made you realize. And, yeah, I'd like to get to a place where there's a little more certainty of the kind of performance you're going to get from your backup quarterback, and that means that A.J. Tuffy takes that huge step. You'd be like, oh, okay. Be nice to see that separation, but you asked the question. Now that's the answer. I don't think we're in danger of losing anybody in the uh, transfer portal at quarterback. Not this year. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. My thanks to Lee Sterling and my mom, and my thanks to all of you guys. See you at Tallulah in ten minutes. Yay, Tallulah! Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Be good. Mm-hmm.